Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Turnbuckle Turnbuckle fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sign guy along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. He makes a great toast. Even sometimes he has it on his dinner plate with his rump roast. Coach Mike Jones, real fast, a show note, if you're looking for some pro wrestling today, you have... Summit Pro Wrestling in Greenfield, Indiana today. So get out there, join Marcus Fine in the crowd, watch some Summit Pro Wrestling. Good show there in Greenfield. Also, we want to send our best wishes to Cousin Cooter. Uh, Cousin Cooter stopped on the way to a show to assist people that were involved in a accident. And as he and his wife were doing so, a car spun out, hit their car. Their kids were in said car, but they are fine. Car was damaged, but everyone was all right. So hopefully Cooter and his family doing well today. I'm sure it was a scary incident, but we're glad everybody was all right. And it looks like our guest has joined us, so I want to introduce him right away because we have been looking very forward to this. We have with us a staple of WWE primetime wrestling in the early 90s. He was the manager of the Bushwhackers for a time. Jameson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, since it is your first time on our particular show, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question. What in the world led you to get into the business of professional wrestling? Uh, you know, it was a total accident. I was, uh, can you hear me okay? I, I have you on speaker. Crystal clear. Great. Um, I was, um, actually had, um, I was on Wall Street 10 years out of college. Um, and just was not enjoying myself, decided to try my hand at stand-up comedy, which led me into this improvisation show um, that Vince McMahon saw. And um, I introduced myself to him after the show, thinking, wow, wouldn't that be great? And sure enough, a couple days later, he called the theater uh, where his office did to, to get in touch with me to see if I'd be interested in coming in and auditioning. Um uh, with Bobby Heenan um, to be his co-host, and uh, the rest is history. Had you been a follower of professional wrestling at any point in your life prior to that, or was this your introduction to the business? Oh, early on, um, I'd say, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, as a child, um, I had some interest. I was a huge fan of Mil Mascaris. Um, just thought he was, uh, he was it. You know, he was, he brought, you know, a lot of his amateur skills into the ring. 
Um, and as I got older, I kind of drifted into more, you know, football, baseball, hockey, um, and and didn't really pay much attention until Vince took over the company. You couldn't not see it if you were if you were if you were an MTV watcher or I mean if you read a newspaper. They 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 were huge. So I wouldn't say I was a fan, but I I kind of knew who the main players were. Um, and it, you know I I looked at it as an acting opportunity, um, not so much that I had this big desire to ever enter the wrestling world, which is, you know, today I feel good about that. So many people would have given their legs to to do what I did. And to me, it was an acting job till many years later. And I realized, wow, he was, my character was pretty popular. Um, you know, I still get so many calls to do, um, you know, signings and, and podcasts and um, whatnot. And wrestling fans are amazing. I mean, um, I wish I had the same appreciation for them when I was doing it than as I do now. I mean, it's just uh, it, it was at the time it was a it was a, an acting job. In the early '90s, when you were with the company, merchandising was still taking off a lot. They were starting to come out with merchandise for pretty much everybody that was there. Uh, prior to that, it was only the baby faces that really had merchandise, but they were starting to expand that some by the time you were with the company. Was there ever any discussions with you on creating Jameson merchandise? There actually was at the very end of my stay there. Um, and I just did not have the, you know, the the, the foresight to, to stick around long enough for it to happen. It never materialized. And, and um, I, you know, I left there uh, before anything happened. It's funny. I just shot a video, um, you know, for a fan, uh, he he made a he made a he made a figure for me, and um, you know over the years doing signings, people would I don't know how they did it, but they 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 make they'd have somebody make the the figure and bring it to a signing and have me sign it, but I never had my own until just recently I did a virtual signing and a fan by the name of uh, Sean Sixsmith made me a great doll. So I now have my own. Um, he did a great job on it, too. I mean, even the packaging is pretty awesome. Um, it's kind of cool. wish I would have stuck around long enough to, you know, have at the time Hasbro uh, was was doing the, the figures, if I remember correctly. I believe that's accurate. I believe it was Hasbro. Now, you, like I said in the introduction, briefly managed the Bushwhackers. Uh, you did not do a lot in front of the live crowds that I can recall, but 
there for a short time. You did have that feud with Lenny Poffo where you managed the Bushwhackers against the Beverly Brothers. Did you find yourself enjoying being a manager, or did you prefer to do sort of the pre-taped vignettes? Yeah, I, I preferred the the, uh, the work um, in the studio over the arena. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a different world. Um, it was uh, you know everything was planned out. In the studio. We we didn't have any um, any lines. You know, we nothing was written for us in either case. Everything was improvisation, um, but it was just they set up a storyline and and we would just have to run with it. And um, yeah, I, I think I mean, although I gotta say, I mean, even in the arenas, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't like going on tour, which after after um, prime time was replaced by raw. Everything was shot in arenas. So you had to travel. And again, as looking at it from an actor's standpoint, going on the road, I wasn't really able to audition for any other, any other work. Um, so there was, there was that too, that, I mean, the studio was a half hour from my house. So it was great. We'd go, I'd go in every three weeks, shoot three episodes and I could still do, you know, other acting work. Well, once once I was on the road, I was kind of stuck there. So the parting of the ways was, you know, at the time for me, I thought it was a good thing. Um, but you know, now looking back, I I I wonder. Now, one of the things that the WWF at the time would do to gauge how popular someone actually was in the era before Twitter and social media and things of that nature is they would go through the fan mail and see who was receiving the most positive fan mail. Did you ever get told how much fan mail you were getting and did they discuss what people were saying in the fan mail with you or is that something that the office kept to itself. No, they, they actually would give me the mail every week um, or every three weeks when I went in. And it was pretty cool. I mean, there was, um, yeah, I mean, it was a nice thing. They, they, I, you know, I don't, I think there was this divide among Vince and his, you know, associates, the, the, his, his production team. Some of the all-time wrestlers, I know didn't have a lot of um, kind thoughts about Jameson um, in terms of if he was good for the telecasts, if he was too wacky, you know. Um, and, you know, it was – but Vince Vince was a fan. Vince was great to me. He, he, uh, he would always renew my contract when it came up. Um, um, it was just – once once prime time went down, um, it it was hard for him to find something to do with Jameson because Jameson was the perfect plant 
in a studio audience, um, get in trouble with the bad guys, um, rescued by the good guys in every episode. Um, it was, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't really realize how popular a character I was, um, at the time. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I always felt this, you know, uh, this, not dissension, but that, you know, the brain trust of the WWF was, uh, divided as to what to do with Jameson and how important he should be. But Vince got me involved in a, in a lot of this stuff. I mean, um, like Macho Man's Bachelor Party, um, which was aired on uh, primetime, was was good. I was a big part of that. And, and uh, you know, even even on a social level, when we would tour, uh, Vince always checked in on me, always wanted me to, to ride with him uh, when we would go out after the shows. And, um, yeah, he was, a, he was really, really good to me. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, really. You did, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Vince, a lot of wrestlers over the years have done interviews, and a lot of the wrestlers would give similar sentiments that if they had an issue or they had questions, Vince would set up an office at television and that's when they would have an opportunity to wait in line and talk to Vince. And that was really the only access they had, unless they were a main event talent. Uh, The main eventers had a little bit more access to speak with Vince. Just in your own personal day to day career, how accessible was Vince McMahon to you if you had a question or if you had an idea for something or if you just wanted to clarify something with him? How easy was it for you to be able to get in contact with him and discuss it? Yeah, I, you know, I don't have a um, – I, I don't think I I had much uh, – I can never remember um, having a problem – getting in touch with him or if I did have a question, um, him not either being responsive or available. Um, you know, I worked with a couple of producers, um, that pretty much took care of me, whatever I needed. Um, and, uh, you know, Vince would always, he'd always make a point of saying hello. And, and I, I don't ever remember a situation where, I was having trouble uh, or needing to see him or talk to him. Um, It was pretty much, um, you know, them coming to me, say, all right, here's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't have the, that impression that he was, uh, you know, difficult to, to get hold of. Uh, When you were, Doing primetime wrestling, it was in the era where they would feature taped matches from other programs 
and in between the matches they would have from the studio Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon doing either like promotional uh, advertisements for whatever it may be where they would do comedy bits or they would set up the angles or whatever you were one of a small handful of recurring uh, people that would interact with Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. One of the other regulars from your era was a group of three sisters called the Rosati Sisters. They would turn up and they would usually interact with Bobby Heenan. They were allegedly friends of Gorilla Monsoon, and that's why they had access to the studio. But you were in that same time frame with them. Did you work with the Rosati's a good bit as far as what you were doing with primetime, or were they kind of separate from what you would do most of the time? No, they. my introduction to wrestling was the Bobby Heenan show, and they were, they were regulars. Um, they would bring out the guests, um, and, you know, we would do a bit with them every episode. There were only four episodes, by the way. Um, and even when that was canceled and they put me on primetime, they were like like I was. They they were plants in the audience, and Bobby would refer to them, and, um, you know, they, they would, uh, you know, Bobby – teased the hell out of them and um, it always made for some funny moments and you know my character I had crushes on all three of them and I can remember some you know uh, you know some of the improvisation back and forth between me and Bobby I would refer to I don't even know which one I was talking about but I would say you know the pretty one um, and uh yeah, it was fun. I mean, they were great. They were really, really sweet girls. Now, the Rosati's, I think, disappeared shortly after Raw became a show instead of primetime wrestling. I think they may have made a few appearances on the very early episodes of that, but once Raw started to go on the road and out of the Manhattan Center Weekly, they seemingly were gone. Uh, do you know if the company just didn't have a place for them, or do you think the Rosati's just didn't like to travel much like uh, you didn't really want to be on the road away from your main profession? Yeah, I I, I think it was very similar to my, my case and where they really didn't have anything to do for them. Um, and it was... It was a lot, um, you know. It, it was a, an expense to 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 bring, um, you know, to pay for people's travel and and hotels and um, and I, I don't I don't think they were uh, a a big enough part of the show or had enough to do with live events um, to make it feasible. Um, whereas me being an individual and, you know, uh, getting lucky enough to be moved into a, as a, you know, move on as a manager, um, you know, there was, Vince had a high regard for my comedy skills and, and I think that's why he, 
he kept me on. Um, you know, I don't see much of that these days. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll watch them, try to see what's going on, and it's it's kind of a different world now. I don't watch enough of it to really, you know, have an expert opinion on the difference between then and now, but um, just seems to me that it's uh, these guys are master athletes today, and not that they weren't back in the day. I mean, um, it was just different. The the gimmicks were were larger than life back in that back in those days, and um, you know, I think I think Vince felt like I fit into that. Um, whereas today, I don't think you'd see that kind of wrestling character. Uh, maybe you, maybe there is, I don't know. I haven't seen one, but, um, it was just a different time and, and, and different direction the company was going in. And, and then, um, you know, right at the time I left was when there was that mass exodus from WWF to WCW, um, so I don't know if there was, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with them uh, deciding to try to, uh, you know, the rumors at the time were that um, they did away with prime time because the costs to produce it, it was just cheaper to do the big Monday night show on the road um, since they were, they were spending the money anyway for the live events. Um, and, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of people that got their face on camera um, in the studio show we never saw again, um, and I think that's kind of the category they fell into, and ultimately I fell into it. One of the people that you did work with. I believe it was on a prime time wrestling in one of the later era prime times when uh, Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan co-hosted it was Mr. Fuji. Uh, you did a skit with him and the Berserker. Mr. Fuji was, from all accounts, a very notorious river. Did you ever fall prey or bear witness to any Mr. Fuji ribs? No, um, you know, my recollection, and that was the only time we had ever worked together. We we appeared on the same shows at, at times, but um, that was the only episode where we, and it was actually a continuing saga. Um, I don't know if you remember, but, um, you know, they kind of kept the story alive of Jameson getting thrown off the roof. The, the following week, they had me come in on a, on a, uh, gurney, a hospital gurney. Um, um, he was just a really nice guy from, from what I recall it, as most of them were, there were, you know, I of course got closer to some of them than, than others. Um, but no, I really didn't, uh, get to experience his, his comedy. I, I know he had a really good reputation with everybody that he was really funny. And, um, and he was even funny when we did the bit, but I was really more interacting with with Bobby. And and a name you're leaving out, who was big part of primetime, um, did some of my best bits when he was on the show, was Mean Gene. 
was great on uh, on prime time. You know, they kind of do a rotation. You never knew who the hosts was were going to be. Um, but you know, in my time there, he was probably on more than Gorilla. Um, and Sean Mooney was was on sometimes too. Vince was, you know, Bobby was always there, but it was it was kind of a rotation of who the the second um, commentator or whatever you, host uh, was going to be. That's a very good point. They did have sort of a revolving door, especially there at the end when it was more of a roundtable show. Right. Right. VG, I mean, um, yeah, that's that's when uh, um, Gorilla was on. And Gorilla, another great guy. I mean, they all were, were really good guys. Me and Bobby had a really nice relationship off camera. Um, you know, we, uh, of course, arch enemies on camera um, and had, had a great time going back and forth, um, you know, during commercials and backstage and a, a, a real talent that guy you know if he didn't if he didn't enter the the wrestling world he 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 could have been a star in hollywood he was that good agreed well we have come to the part of the show where we have a game we like to play called word association i will throw out the names of some people that you worked with and the first word or two that springs to mind to describe them would be the answer. Are you prepared to play around a word association? Can I curse? If you want to use that, then go right ahead. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. First name, Gorilla Monsoon. Sweetheart. Flick. Oh, wow. Um, funny. Kurt Hennig. Pete. Uh, say again? Kurt Hennig. Oh, I, I'm, you're breaking up. Let me let me move. Try it again. Kurt Hennig. Oh, uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, um, you know, uh, multi-talented. Lord Alfred Hayes. Special. Sean Mooney. Berserker. Um, Berserk, crazy. Um, yeah. Another good guy. Hillbilly Jim. Beverly Hillbillies. Um, funny, another, I mean, such talent back then. Yeah, uh, funny, funny, funny. Bushwhacker Butch. Three Stooges. The genius Lanny Poffo. Good actor. Last name on the list, Bobby Heenan. 
you know, special, I can't do it with one word, just um, amazing and more and more and just big heart, uh, just, just a solid, solid guy. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I don't know Coach has some questions, so I'm going to pass you over to him for a bit. All right. Hey, How are you doing? Hey, Jameson. I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. I uh, really enjoyed your uh, po- uh, interview on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. And, uh, man, you you did a lot in your short time there, and uh, I was impressed. Oh, good. Thanks, bud. It was fun. He's yeah, he's good. He's a good interviewer. Yeah, and then I have uh, a tendency I have a tendency to ramble on and he uh he let me, which was uh which was kinda nice. Nice. And then uh it was nice to see that one of your inspirations growing up was a hero of mine, uh Jerry Lewis. I really like yeah. that. I can remember as a kid, and I'm talking about single digits, eight, nine, ten, and right, right through uh, my teens, always checking TV Guide to see what late night movies were on, and I'd always circle like the Marx Brothers, any Jerry Lewis movie. Um, yeah, they and and uh, and even the Three Stooges were a big uh, influence on me in my comedy. Style. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, my mother had muscular dystrophy, and uh, it was sure a shame to hear people badmouth uh, Jerry in any way, especially towards the end there, which, of course, most people know was anything that someone said bad about him wasn't true. And then, uh, yeah, because I can tell you firsthand, my mother having muscular dystrophy, she she had everything she needed mostly because of the muscular dystrophy association to wheelchairs, uh, oxygen machines, uh, movable beds, ramps, lifts, all that kind of stuff. Got yeah, to go he to did the amazing camp. work. He did amazing work yeah. for that. And yeah, then, yeah. excuse me. Go ahead. Oh, and then it was nice uh, towards the end of his career, I got to see him live at uh, the Emerald Queen Casino here in Tacoma where uh, I've been a local roadie doing setup for shows for like 10 years. And, uh, man, he was like 80-something years old, and he's still out there kicking ass and funny as yeah. ever and working his ass off. And uh, yeah. getting to work there, you didn't get to meet many people or talk to them, but uh, – Another highlight was, uh, of course, they didn't let me talk to him. Plus, you, you know, you try to be professional and not say, "Hey, man, can I talk to Jerry?" But uh, right. right as he was right as he was leaving, I just happened to be the, standing next to the van that he got in. And and as uh, soon as he got went to get in, I said, "Hey, Jerry, thank you." He sat down and waved to me as they sh- shut the door, and I was like, "Man, what a way to top it off," you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good man, a good man. Definitely. You know, people and have then, uh, stuff, excuse me. People Go have ahead. stuff to say about everybody. And um, Oh, I know. 
And, you know, it was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, he did get a lot of, you know, positive press, too, out of it. But you, you know how things are. And you see it even more nowadays with social media. Um, a lot of haters out there. Yeah, you know, and people have to remind themselves it's impossible for haters to like anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so uh, what, what's some of your most memorable matches? Um, well, you know, everything we did, um, we, we had a run of a string of matches um, with the Beverly Brothers. They were always good. Lanny was great. Um and and it was just you know fun being around the bushwhackers. They were real. I mean they 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 had to be saying to themselves, how do we get stuck with Jameson? But they never made me feel that way. You know they always they always welcomed me with open arms. And um, so from that standpoint, that was great. But I remember like one of the funniest moments was um, was Skinner spit on me outside the oh. ring. It was pretty. That that's memorable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the matches, I only went on, I think, three tours plus the Royal Rumble. And we were we were matched up with uh, either Jobbers or the Beverly Brothers, uh, I believe, for all of those tours. I, mean, I remember working with IRS, another great guy. Um, Mike's a, a real gentleman, a real sweetheart of a guy. Um, I remember doing something with him live in, uh, in the arena. I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know if I was, no, I might, might, I don't think it was with the Bushwhackers at that point. I think I was just a, a plant in the audience. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty much us and the Beverly brothers, um, as far as matches go, as far as matches go that I was involved in. Um, but there were always great matches. Uh, going on. I mean, those guys were were incredible. Mr. Perfect was pretty unbelievable. Um, really good athlete, and one of the one of the few guys. I think one of the few wrestlers that was a really great interview and didn't need a lot of uh, direction um, when it came to promos and and um, you know interviews. He was. Uh, he was a, a one of a kind. He was a rare commodity because he was so so physically gifted um, and just a really funny guy, um, which I think those are the guys that thrived back in the day um, in terms of getting, getting airtime. Um, you know, Vince was big on personalities, on, on somebody being able to handle the microphone. Um, whether you were a wrestler or just, uh, you know, a manager or whatever. Um, and and I remember him. And Hacksaw, too, was great. Um, um, yeah. It was good times. It was good times. I, I just I, – I, I wish I had a greater appreciation for what I was involved in at the time. You know, it took me 20 years to realize um, just how great – Wrestling fans are and and uh, and loyal and and uh, yeah, pretty cool. Glad I got to do it. And and years later, I, I've told the story already. But my son, 
who's had quite a, a career as a child actor, um, booked a uh, a spot on Extreme Rules um, back in 2014. It was at the Meadowlands through his agent. I had nothing to do with getting him the job, and he was he was a big part of the of the feature match. Um, it was uh, Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt brothers against um, uh, John Cena. And uh, it was kind of cool. I hadn't seen anybody connected with the WWE for, I guess at that time it was 20 years. And uh, seeing Vince for the first time in, in 20 years was a real warm uh, moment. Um, but it was kind of cool. My son... He was, I think, eight or nine years old at the time. And, uh, you know, him thinking back on his career, he's 16 now. Um, It was definitely a highlight for him. A lot of the wrestlers, he did a really famous commercial for the NFL uh, with Cam Newton. That was big. It 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 went viral on YouTube the first weekend it was out. And shortly after it started running was when my son got this gig. And... A lot of wrestlers found out he was the kid for the commercial, and they were coming up to him. You know, an eight or nine year old kid is like, you know, in the green room backstage of a, a big pay per view event. You know, got to be amazed that all these stars are back there, running around getting autographs and stuff like that. But you know, to be honest, a lot of the a lot of the guys were coming up to him, um, telling him how much they loved his commercial and kind of cool. It's good. It's a lot of love for for the for the industry these days. I have nice, yeah, definitely. It was like you were talking about Kurt Henning. It was uh, nice growing up here in the Northwest. I got to see him when he started his career in Portland wrestling and live in Tacoma, also. So that was pretty sweet. And then I also really liked your story about when your son was there at the WWE, where. Uh, Vince didn't recognize you in that moment that you said, hey, don't you recognize me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, we almost didn't do it because we had to be in L.A. the next morning. And, uh, you know, those events go late. Um, But I figured, yeah, we got to do it because of the connection. And uh, I'm glad we did. My son's gotten to, to do some signings as little Johnny and um, you know, he's, he's got more stuff to talk about than I do um, with his career being Kevin James son on CBS for a couple of years and a big movie that was up for best picture and the Cam Newton commercial. And um, he, he was the Disney kid for three years. He's it, that, that was a big, it, it, it was nice to sit back and just be a, a stage dad and an acting coach um, for those years that he was, you know, big time. Um, you know, the wrestling connection was great. So uh, who was some of your insp- inspirations or idols of wrestling growing up? Um, you know, like I said, Mil Mascaris, um, you know, as a kid, I was very, very competitive. I played a lot of sports. Um and, you know, I, I, I liked wrestling, um, 
And I I loved Mill because of how he, you know, he is a decorated amateur wrestler. Um, so he brought a lot of the, you know, real wrestling moves into the ring. And it was just fun to watch figure fours and sweeps and um, that style as opposed to, um, you know, some of the other, you know, more popular kind of wrestling moves. Uh, I love George Animal Steel. Um, Chief J was big time at the time I was watching. Um, I guess those three, the probably the ones that stand out most for me that I appreciated watching. Nice. And then one of our standard questions we like to ask, and I'm sure Sign would like to know, what's your favorite coffee? I'm sorry, my favorite. Again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old coffee. man. I'm, I'm... What's your favorite coffee? Oh, coffee? Coffee? In New York, yes. we say coffee. My oh, favorite okay. coffee. Um, wow. You know, it depends. If I'm going to go grab a cup somewhere, I, I would say either, believe it or not, McDonald's, 7-Eleven, or Dunkin' Donuts. If I'm making it at home, I was always a Martinson's guy. Okay, nice. Was I uh, seven, no, no, it's fine. Uh, go ahead. I, I said, was I supposed to say uh, um, Starbucks because of the Washington connection? Hell no. But uh, uh, my girlfriend, she really enjoys McDonald's also. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of surprising and 7-Eleven too kind of surprising um, nice. but yeah that's, uh, I drink a lot of coffee so uh, yeah so I d- definitely do have my preferences so what's some of the toughest wrestlers around that you've seen lately or ever yeah um, I mean, you know, John Cena, you know, unfortunately, I don't watch a lot, and I kind of go by, um, you know, who I've met and, you know, has touched me personally uh, for one reason or another. Um, Like like Bray and John Cena, they were just two of the best guys you'll ever meet. um, multi, you know, again, really talented, um, and uh, just really the way they, they, you know, my son was so little, um, and they just made him feel really, really special, and um, so I tend to go more towards that. I don't watch a lot of matches, um, I, you know, occasionally, like, I, I did, I'm a big MMA fan, MMA um, fan, so uh, CM Punk was, you know, I, I watched some of his matches just to get a, a feel for, you know, what I might be in for watching him, uh, you know, get in the octagon, um, see if he brought the same personality in. You know, I, I got to tell you, I just, uh, when I left, I really didn't stay current. And over the years, just so busy with so many things 
um, you know, I was a writer and I was, I was, I was always working, it seemed, and didn't have a lot of time for anything but the Green Bay Packers, the New York Yankees, and the New York Rangers um, for my uh, during my downtime. So I don't have a lot of recollection of the whole business until, like I said, I, I you know, I guess 2011 was when they found me. Um, I was running a nightclub, and... Um, it was, you know, it's like the 20 years, the 18 years or so that I was gone, don't know much from that era. And and even to this day, you know, with my son's career, and I got back into acting now and I'm working two jobs. In fact, I work overnights now. Um, so 4 o'clock, most days I'd be asleep. Um, but I set my alarm to get up to do this for you guys because, you know, anything I could do for – the industry these days, I do it just out of appreciation um, that there are so many people, it seems, that are that are interested in, in James and who he is and what makes him go. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have much downtime, so I don't get to enjoy it. I haven't watched television, I swear to you, in two or three years. I, I might watch some videos on my phone from time to time, but um, just don't have a lot of time for anything but – work these days i should be retired i'm an old man but uh okay. man, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll die employed so that's not a bad thing not watching tv it does take up a lot of time and it's not always constructive exactly yeah if if i'm not on the screen or my son's not on the screen i generally don't watch yeah all right I, i'll tell you the last time i i really think the last time i was a regular television watcher was when my son was um, doing the, the Kevin Can Wait with Kevin James. That was every Monday night. Um, that was the kick. And, of course, I'd watch him on Disney. But, uh, yeah, things change in life. I used to be, oh, my God, such a TV junkie. And, uh, you know, priorities. Kids, becoming a parent changes a lot of things. All right, and then uh, since you're a fan of MMA, uh, one of our real school member armies and UFC Hall of Famer, Stefan Bonner, is going to be on February 6th, and uh, uh, he's just recovering. He uh, had, had got injured a couple months ago, and he's finally starting to recover, but uh, things are looking up for him, and uh, he'll be on February 6th. That's awesome. He, uh, boy, in the early days of of tough, um, him and uh, what's his name? Forrest. His name, yeah, Forrest. Forrest. Yeah. Forrest Griffin. Yeah. They they uh, legendary. Um, they I think really put that show on the map. Um, funny, like there's such a connection. I did a show last year where uh, a signing where uh, they had um, Butterbean was there and um, and uh, the champ, the ex-champ. Oh, they, Ken Shamrock was there and uh, who's the guy 
he was like the first wrestler that became UFC champ. Um, uh, like, say again? Yes, yes. He he was the first non, um, what do you call it? Uh, jiu-jitsu, not jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was the first guy with a wrestling background that became champ from what I remember. But it was nice that, you know, the crossover with wrestling, um, MMA and, and WWF, that these guys uh, get out and do wrestling shows. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, we're getting down to the end of the live show. We can actually go longer than uh, the hour for the for the podcast part of it, but we'd like to make sure that you get a chance to uh, plug and promote anything you like and then make sure you let everybody know how to get a hold of you before the show's over. So uh, yeah. once again, I'd like to thank you for coming on and appreciate you and everything you've done. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. I, I, I'm happy to do it. All right. Why don't you go ahead and uh, run down anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, social medias, upcoming appearances, anything you or your son may be doing, whatever you would like, floor is yours. All right, cool. Um, you know, I don't I, – I do have a um, an Instagram account. I don't even know what it is. I don't, even, I don't use it. Um, but certainly I have room on, in, on my Facebook friends. Um, my name on Facebook is John Jameson DiGiacomo. Um, and, you know, anybody could jump on there. Um, I do have – you know, some pretty cool – my son's got some great memorabilia that he brings along to uh, to shows to sell. Um, he's got a – well, he's got a signed Carolina Panther hat from Cam Newton from doing the commercial back in 2012 uh, with him. But wrestling-wise, he's got this – it's a shitty belt, but it's got great signatures on it. It's um, I've got Bobby Heenan, um, uh, Ted DiBiase, who I don't know how his name didn't come up in this in this interview, but Ted may be the the, the most fun I had working there, uh, doing bits with him and Sensational Sherry. But I did a, a cover um, on the WWE man or. And it was WWF magazine, I guess, at the time, King Kong Bundy. And I did a show a few years back, and I got them to sign, uh, Ted and and, uh, Bundy, to sign my cover. Um, And at the time, I had my son with me. I got this belt. And so so it's Bundy, Ted, Bobby Heenan, um, and, oh, and Danny Davis, who uh, who is in the neighborhood when uh, we were getting that signed. So he's looking to sell that. And he's got the sheep mask, the original sheep mask um, that he wore for Extreme Rules with the Wyatt family. Um, this is from signed the- by... Say again? Oh, you're good. Go ahead. Um, it's signed by, you know, some of the big big guys. Bray, Bray signed it. Um, uh, Kofi? Kingston, um, 
and uh, uh, one of the other Wyatt brothers. I might be the one that I don't know if the, the one that just passed. Um, but anyway, he's he's looking to sell that. It's the original, um, and you know I have stuff from back in the day. I just recently. I've moved like three times in the last two years, and I was I was going through my storage unit recently and found a bunch of Jameson stuff, like uh, some of the original clothes that I wore and uh, like a bag of costumes that probably needs to be steam cleaned um, all these years later. Um, what, when I did this signing, it's so funny how – People, you know, these virtual signings, they call in, and um, this guy bought the clothes I was wearing at this thing. Um, you know, uh, pretty funny, the glasses, the, the, the suit, the Jameson suit, the, 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 the sweat sock I use as a handkerchief. Um, I got a lot of memorabilia um, that I would definitely unload. You know, it's not that I don't have any use for it or anything like that. It's just that. I've come to the realization that there are people that would enjoy having these things more than I do. Um, just, you know, it's, it's kind of like time to it, it's move this stuff on to people that can appreciate it um, instead of just sitting in a box in my house. Um, my son's a little more connected, you know, um, but he, he likes money too. So, he uh, looking to unload. And always got some great – you know what I have that people – I can't even believe what they pay for this stuff. But I, I still have like six original prints from, um, from my – you know, that were given to me by WWF back in 91. Um, Jameson, you know, the publicity photo, the promo photos. Um, but six originals. And back in the day, you know, they – totally different feel it's when they used like a shell a shellfish finish on the on the photo you could tell you know right away it's their originals and so i still have a handful of those um that i'm selling and um and that's it i'm i'm gonna get the whole um uh, uh what do you call it? instagram and a youtube channel been running soon i have this video that i shot Back in 93, I shot it for Vince as an idea for a storyline that's 13 minutes of the funniest stuff Jameson has ever done. And I still have it on VHS. Um, I recently got it put up uh, digitally and released, I think, the first two parts of it. I broke it down into like uh, four three-minute segments. But thinking about having that done on DVD and, uh, you know, selling those, um, signed copies of those. So, you know, there's some stuff. Um, I, I think the, the YouTube channel is going to be great because my son's got a lot to add on that. And, uh, you know, we we both have done – my son's been doing stand-up comedy in professional – in comedy clubs since he's eight years old, nine, I guess nine. Um, so – we're a pretty funny uh, combo, um, so you guys can look forward to to the YouTube channel and getting some stuff up on Instagram. I just got on Instagram. Don't even know how it works. But if I didn't have my son, I, I'm so lost. I'm still in the 20th century.
Well, Jameson, we want to thank you so much for being with us here on Turnbuckle Turmoil today. It has been an extreme privilege to have you with us. We appreciate you waking up out of Betty Bye to be with us today. We know that your schedule is uh, overnight, so we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, it was a good reason to wake up, let me tell you. I don't have those days often. All right. Coach, do you have one more thing? Uh, one second here. All right, Coach, you got one more yeah, thing? I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to promote our upcoming shows, and also you can get a hold of me or uh, find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coach Mike Jones. Also, don't forget the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room. But Jan- January 14th, we've got Frank Colbertson. January 16th, Ice Train. The 21st, Ted Simons. 23rd, Al Isaacs. 28th, Taylor Jury. February 6th, Stephen Bonner. February 11th, Eric Smalls. February 13th, Military Day. February 18th, Oliver Sawyer. February 20th, Short Leave Sampson, February 25th, check more, and the 27th, we got Shorty P, and that's just to, to, for starters. Absolutely. Well, Jameson, thank you again for being with us. We definitely appreciate you and your time. Fans, if you have not seen Jameson, get on the YouTubes. There's a lot out there. If you go to the Peacock Network, I'm sure WWE has provided quite a bit. For the Peacock Network on the old Primetime Wrestlings and Superstars Wrestling, all of those shows where Jameson appeared. So, search shows out. He was a fantastic recurring character for several years. Royal Rumble, he managed the Bushwhackers against the Beverly Brothers. That was a great moment when he faced off with the Genius. So, check that out if you've not seen that. We'll be back with you next week. So, make plans to be with us. And as we close out, I want to congratulate our very own J.B. Moonshine. He won the Power Pit Pro Wrestling Heavyweight title last night. So congratulations to J.B. Hopefully he'll be back next week with us as we talk to Ice Train. Everybody stay safe out there. Support your local independents. We will be back with you next week. I'm um.